What up, everybody? Welcome to the latest, greatest episode of the Nesson After Hours podcast. A lot to get to today. Celia Godwin, not one, but two guests. Two big-time guests today. I love it. Injected into my veins. I mean, you guys know the drill by now. Uh, we always try to talk at least two topics here on the After Hours podcast. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on in our sports world in New England, and not a lot of it's good, especially when you're talking about the Celtics and the Bruins, actually, right now. They just got handed the worst loss of the season last night. Um, but let's talk about the future. And the, the one way that we can talk about the future right now is with the Boston Red Sox. So we're going to welcome Peter Abraham of the Boston Globe in. And behind him, I see a field and a lot of sunshine. Uh, Pete, what, what's it like down there right now in Fort Myers? It's been nice. Uh, good weather all week. Red Sox going through full squad workouts. Got a game on Sunday. So the baseball season is approaching. Love it. No, no snow, man. No snow behind you. Good God, I would love that. <laughs> We're jealous. So, spring training is a little weird this year, but there are benefits. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how different is the setup this year? Because I know they've made some adjustments with the COVID protocols. Well, if by some adjustments you mean we can't get within 50 yards at a clubhouse, yes, <laughs> there have been some adjustments. Um, we're allowed to go watch the practices on the field and stand behind the backstop uh, at a certain distance. But uh, one of the players came over the other day just to bump fists, and uh, I thought they were going to drag him away in chains because he got too close to me. But <laughs> It's uh yeah it's a very strange time but it's um you know it's good to just like get a chance to you know watch watch games again and not be in the not be in my apartment looking out the same window like I've been looking out for 11 months. Yeah, getting hey, cabin fever. I bet. Can you describe to us the energy down there right now with these guys? Yeah, it's good because there's a lot of new players. They they got a lot of young guys in camp. They can have up to 75 players, so a lot of their minor league prospects are here. And there are some guys who were, you know, Nick York who was drafted in June is here and you know, he's pretty 18 year old kid is on the same field as Xander Bogarts. He's pretty excited about it. So it's uh, it's been good to see those guys. And, you know, I think they've turned over almost half the 40 man roster this winter. So there's a lot of new guys and Alex Cord is literally walking around with a, a sheet of paper with guys photos on it. So we can figure out who's who. So <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's certainly different than Red Sox camps of the past. You need that uh, like, hi, my name is sticker. For, like, well, you know, you know what he was saying is the problem is that they're wearing masks a lot of times. So, you know, between, between a baseball hat and a mask, you know, you're trying to figure out somebody by just looking at his eyes, you know, it's, it's strange. Uh, what stood out to you the most since you've gotten down to, to the fort? Um, well, they, they've got a lot more pitching than they had last year. You know, last year there, there were days we would ask Ron Redicky, you know, who's pitching tomorrow. And he'd be like, well, I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. So, they, they do have legitimate starters. They should be able to put together a rotation. It, it might not be – well, it's not going to be the best rotation in the American League, but I think it's going to give them a chance to be competitive, which was not the case a lot of times last year. And I think this is going to be a team that's going to hit a lot of home runs. They, they imported some power. Uh, J.D. Martinez looks a lot better. Uh, they're going to probably strike out a lot too, but, uh, you know, that's the way baseball is played these days. So they're, they're – I don't know that they're a playoff team. I don't think they are, but I think they're a lot more interesting and competitive team than they were last year. So what's still like your main concern here as the season nears? It's definitely pitching because there's a lot of question marks. Eduardo Rodriguez didn't play at all last year because he had a pretty bad case of coronavirus. They're not getting Chris Sale until midway through the season as he comes back from Tommy John surgery. They, they signed Garrett Richards, who's a guy who's tremendously talented and has done some good things in the big leagues, but he has a long history of injuries. The same thing is true of Nate Evaldi. So in theory, they've got some pretty good starters, but in practice, they could have a bunch of guys on the injured list too. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because as we saw last year, once the pitching goes, you know, everything behind it, you know, goes down too. So 
if, if they can kind of maintain the semblance of a rotation, I think they're going to be okay. I think for the last couple of years, pitching has been the main focus and rightfully so. Um, and I guess that'll be more so of the same this upcoming season. But when you look at that outfield, it's completely new. Um, how, how do you think they're going to be able to compare with the outfield that they replaced? They will not be able to compare with the outfield that they replaced. I mean, they had Andrew Benintendi in left and Jackie Bradley Jr. in center and Mookie Betts in rights. Uh, they were, a, you know, the, the core of a team that won a World Series and, and guys who came up through the Red Sox organization. Uh, Jackie and Mookie were excellent defenders. Uh, Andrew Benintendi made the catch that saved the ALCS in 2018. Uh, and now you've got essentially three new guys. We, we had a taste of Alex Verdugo last year. He's an interesting player. He's going to be in center field. They like Hunter Renfro, who's been a platoon player for most of his career in right. And Franchi Cadero is probably going to be the play the bulk of left field. So in, in theory, those guys could be pretty helpful players. And I think especially Renfro is an interesting guy because he's going to hit some home runs. But, you know, the, you don't replace Mookie Betts and you can't replace Jackie Bradley Jr.'s glove in, in center field. And Andrew Benintendi you know, had a tough year last year, but it wouldn't be a shock for anybody if he bounced back strong with Kansas City. So it's strange for me to have covered a team with those three guys. You started every year going, okay, well, that's the outfield. And there were no other questions. In, in the last calendar year, all of those guys are gone. So it's strange to watch them practice and go like, well, who the hell is that in right field? Because you're not really sure. And that is just very different. So at this stage of the game, what do you think the chances are JBJ actually returns? Uh, very slim. Uh, if they were to sign him at this point, they would go over the luxury tax threshold. I don't see them doing everything they've done to stay under that and then saying right before the season starts, okay, now we're just going to go over it. I think Jackie's just being patient, looking for the offer that he wants. That's a Scott Boris strategy over the years with his clients. And I would expect, you know, before too long, Jackie's going to sign a, a pretty good deal with another team. Isn't JBJ actually down in Florida? Isn't that where he stays in the offseason? He lives, he lives about 20 minutes from here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he may be like one of the few fans they allow in for games. <laughs> this weekend hey guys can i get your autograph i think i, maybe, yeah, I, maybe, think I recognize that dude maybe maybe one of the players can leave him tickets <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's like hey actually buddy can you come play for us yeah. um so you said that this team will be more competitive than they were last year uh we've seen some sports books saying that they'll win right around 80 games are you taking the over or the under on that yeah, I mean, if, if they were to finish 500, that would probably be, I would think, a, a big step forward considering where they were last year. I mean, last place, they were they were behind the Orioles last year, and the Orioles weren't even trying. So <laughs> if, if they can no. be somewhere in the neighborhood of 500, you know, that's probably a good step. Alex okay. Core, you know, Alex Core is a super competitive guy. So every time you bring that up, he's like, no, we're going to play in October. And, and that's what the manager has to say, you know, of course. especially in spring training. And they've got a lot of guys who have World Series experience, a lot of guys with playoff experience, and they feel good about where they are right now. We'll see how it goes once they start playing. But Cora is not going to be the kind of guy who says, well, okay, you know, this is where we are. He's going to keep, you know, trying to do everything he can do to, to poke it out of them. And, and I think you'll see them have a lot more of a sense of purpose, I think, than they had last year. Because you could tell by the middle of August last year, they knew, you know, well, this is what it is. This is yeah. not going to get any better. And they were just kind of riding out the season from there. I don't think you're going to see that this time. Hey, Pete, who are you most excited to see this spring? Um, you know, Franchi Cordero is an interesting guy because he's this big, tall, strong guy with speed. Who's got a, you know, all of the guys who write about prospects talk about how this guy has potential to be, a, you know, an all-star kind of player. And it's never happened because he's had all kind of kind of quirky injuries. He's been traded a couple times. This is a guy, if, if you could put it all together, would be a really interesting player. 
and the other guy is Bobby Dahlbeck, who I wrote about today for the Globe. So the, Bill James has his projections that he does every season. His projection for Bobby Dahlbeck is 37 home runs and 170 strikeouts, which would be like the most ridiculous season like ever. Boom or bust. Yeah, but I mean, it would basically be like every at-bat would either be a home run or a strikeout. So, <laughs> and I was talking to him about it yesterday and he's like, well, I like the 37 home run part. I don't know how much I like this 170 strikeout part. But so they've got some interesting guys and, and there's going to be games where they hit, you know, four or five home runs. There's going to be a lot going on. But, um, you know, there are also going to be games where they strike out a ton, too. So in your eyes, you see this as a team that has a very high ceiling, but also can go very, very low. There's a huge gap discrepancy kind of there with where you where this team could could be. At least that's the feeling that that I'm, I'm getting from this. Yeah, which is probably why they'll end up, you know, somewhere with, you know, 82, 83 wins, something like that. And there's, um, you know, health is going to have a lot to do with it because they don't know how guys are going to react to, you know, at this time last year, they were in spring training. Then they shut down for three and a half months. Then they started up for three and a half months. And then they shut down again after the season. So if you're a pitcher, your whole life has been preparing for a certain kind of season. They don't know how these guys are going to react once they start playing again. There's probably going to be a lot of injuries around the game. Uh, they're going to have to shut guys down during the season. And there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen this year. I think especially with the pitchers. So the team that gets through that the best is probably going to have the most success. And the, the question is just going to be how much depth do you have? Every team right now thinks they have a lot of depth, but we'll see how they feel in the middle of May or June. All right, man. I know you're busy. Now you got to go do your thing down there at uh, JetBlue Park, brother. Go get some uh, time in on the beach too. You know, stick those uh, meaty toes in the sand. You know, I've got to like, I've got to like even out my tan because I've had the mask on all the time. So like, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't. I'm kind of looking like a clown with this thing like this. So I got, I got to get that straightened out. Cool. I mean, on top of having like baseball, like shirt and short lines, you're also going to have a mask line this year. Yeah. So it's it's the new look. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter Abraham of the Boston Globe. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. See, See you, man, Pete. Later, buddy. All righty. So, uh, Red Sox, they've got all this positivity because the future looks bright as of right now. They haven't lost. They haven't won. Everything is great. They do have their first spring training game on Sunday, and the first game on Monday against the Braves will air on Nesson at 1 p.m., so catch that. But let's talk about another team in our area, the Boston Celtics, 15 and 17. They've lost three straight. They dropped to ninth in the East, last in the division. Uh, this is tough right now. Um, Leon Poe. Former Celtic champion, what are you seeing right now? How would you describe this Celtics team right now? Oh, it's tough right now. Um, when you're watching the Celtics play, they don't, for me, they don't play hard enough. But first of all, that's the number one thing. They don't play hard enough. Everybody is not sprinting back on, on the defensive end, <clears throat> trying to get stops. The communication breakdowns, too, was bad as well. But when you look at it, the Celtics were relying a lot on one-on-one. They were relying on Jason Tatum uh, to hit tough shots. Um, uh, Jalen Brown to hit tough shots, but there's nobody out there that's a facilitator. We, I, we, they know they had Kimmel Walker been in and out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not been healthy. Um, Pritchard been out. Uh, Marcus Smart is out, but that's no excuse. You got to have somebody out there facilitate, facilitating the ball to distribute to the other players. And right now it's just a one man, two man, you do it, I do it. And, and that's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. And you got to get better at closing games and playing on the road as well. Like if you're a player right now 
and, and knowing that you have like two superstars in, in Tatum and, and Brown, then there's kind of just everyone else. Like, what do you, what's going through your mind? Um, first of all, I'm like, we, we want them to get their shots. We want them to uh, get their looks. Um, we want to pass it to them to make sure that, you know, they can bring us home. But like I said, they can bring us home, but we got to do the work, the body of work to get us there. And, and the, the rest of the players got to be doing the work. And, and for Jalen and um, Tatum, they got to be more uh, cautious with, uh, uh, with their shot selection and, and, and how they go about things. Because you, can know, you know you can come down and shoot it five, six times in a row. Uh, nobody going to say nothing to you. But is that good for the team? Is that good to, to win games? And right now it's not. You got to figure out a better way to get others the ball, but easier shots. Not just give it to them when the shot clock is running down and tell them to go do it because your role players don't, don't need that burden on them. And one more thing I see out there is that they need to play Robert Williams more because I like <laughs> what I'm seeing from him. Um, you look at the role man, if you always have a consistent athletic role man that can take some of the pressure off when you go into the basket, being one of those star players, um, you can just throw it up easy or dump it off to him and he can dunk it or get fouled. And that's what they need to as well. But He's been playing uh, a little bit here and there, but I like to see more minutes for him as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, getting his minutes up there for sure. I think that's something that Brad Stevens has even talked about himself, especially uh, the fourth quarter. You yeah, know? yeah, like, exactly. Like get it, like get him out there. He's having some of these great games. All yeah. of a sudden, like he's he's on the bench. They they need him in that clutch time. Yeah, yeah. yes, I think they need him out there big time because yeah. he, will, he bring a lot to their team. Uh, everyone wants to put blame somewhere, Leon. You, you know this. You've been around the game long enough. You know that somebody has to shoulder mm -hmm. the responsibility for what, what we're seeing right now. Uh, where would you put that? Um, you know, everybody want to start with the coach. Um, but I see – I don't see it as totally on the coach. Mm -hmm. Except for about playing, and, uh, playing Robert Williams a little bit more. Uh, a couple things where they doing a little too much ISO. But besides that, I see some players in the game just not getting back, not sprinting back on defense. Uh, I see that uh, we they had a 20-something point lead against the Pelicans, and I seen them blew, blow that lead. Um, they got complacent. And I know they've been to three out of the four uh, conference finals uh, these past four years. And I think sometimes that can get in the player's head, especially, you know, when you're going through these seasons, these dog days, and, it, and it's been different in, in, in this season, like no, like, other any other season so they just got to get back to the to the basic stuff they've been doing when they lose they got to be hungry to win they got to be hungry to go out there and get a win the right to shift you need some dogs you need some people yeah, that are gotta, hungry for this yeah people got to get on the floor and i don't see that and now people can point to yeah brad stevens ain't bringing that out of them mm. but i see a team that's making so many mental errors and and when we played against when they played against dallas what I seen against Dallas, they had the lead. They got the lead. And, and down the stretch, they made so many mental errors. Two people going for a ball, bounced out of their hands, went to the uh, Dallas and got in Dallas' hands, and they shoot a three. They go up by three or four. Now you got to fight back and to try to win the game. And, and Luca, and that, that allows Luca to do that to you, to hit two threes in the final seconds, uh, uh, walking off with the win. So they got to get back to the bases, they got to get hungry again but they need somebody facilitating the ball. They do not have a floor general. Who is their floor general out there? No, I don't see it. I do not see it. And then I know everybody got on um, Gordon Hayward, uh, but he was one of the ones that was leading the, lead, leading the way in, 
and uh, passing and, and, and getting them set up in their offense. He allowed Tatum and, and Brown to come off the uh, picks and, and Kemba to just score the ball. We need somebody that can facilitate, and that's not happening right now. You can look to Brad. You can look to Danny Age if you want to, too, as well. But I still think it's a lot of the onus is on the players. Brad just got to bring that dog out of him. Hey, Leon, do you think players have started tuning out Brad Stevens at all? When I'm watching the games, I, I, I don't see that. And other, other than that last game they had, they got blown out. They didn't play. They didn't come prepared. They looked like they wasn't – they didn't want to play that game. So mm-hmm. I've seen that, but that you can't relate that to that. But I don't – all the other games, I haven't seen that. i just seen mental errors. Some people going for the ball. They fouling when you're over the limit and you're putting people at the free throw line. And these in clutch situation time. They not closing out the game when they had the lead and they give up the lead almost every time. And now on the defensive end, they always allow a 30 plus point score every night. Somebody got to say, this dude is not score. We're not about to allow a 30 plus point score. And you got to get mad and, and, and get angry about that because that's what we did when I was coming up, when I was with the Celtics, when I, when we won our championship, we didn't, I didn't want nobody scoring two points on me. When they scored <laughs> two points, I got mad. I told them no help. But I don't see that communication going around the Celtics. I just see looking at each other. They have their hands out like, oh, I don't know what's going on. No, yeah. you stop it. Stop the bleeding and don't let that man score. Dude, no yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, I, I don't know if it's necessarily tuning out. I think they're just tuning out everyone because I think they're that's how frustrated they are. They're almost taking it all internally instead of getting all together as a team, like picking each other up and saying, guys, we got to change our attitude. We got to change our energy right now. Yeah. Um, Marcus I'll Smart would be a Marcus huge help with yeah, that. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> Smart would be a huge help, and he's not there right now. But and, and another thing I notice is when I'm watching the games, they allow uh, uh, rely heavily on on Jason Tatum and Brown to bail them out, especially Jason Tatum down down the stretch. They give up a bucket, and then they just give it to Jason Tatum. One and, and for like the, here, you do it. Yeah, you do it. But he he get it done most times. But you that's not a formula for success. And one time I, I seen this, and when I was watching, I think it was one of them other games, I was watching, they got trapped. Jason Tatum, they started trapping him because he was scoring so much. Jason Tatum did his job when he got trapped. He brought two people to him. He did his job. He passed the ball. The other players just sat back and didn't move at all. They didn't attack. And then they went and tried to pass it back to Jason Tatum. You do not do that. That mm-hmm. means the defense got you right where you want. they want you. You're trying to give it back to him. He got two people on him. You should attack and look, attack the basket and look to make uh, passes out once you get collapsed on. But they wasn't doing that. And that shows, that proves to me that they relying heavily on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They are your all-stars though. Yes. You want to rely on them. They are are all-stars. We got two all-stars. We should be under 500 with two Mm all-stars. And and so with that said, you gotta be. You gotta help. You gotta hold them more accountable too by distributing the ball more. You can't. You can't let them off the hook as well. And, and, and that's that's what I think people looking at Brad Stevens like. We gotta get them uh, distributing the ball more, uh, being more accountable uh, for their passes and their shot selections. Uh, also, no one enjoys playing the Celtics more right now than Trey Young. Oh, he <laughs> loves it. That guy just goes off in every game against them. Averaging more than 34 points in the three times they've played. And that's another thing. I've I, I seen Trey Young and them. I've seen all three of them games. 
and and they act like Trey Young can't shoot the ball. Every <laughs> he can time, shoot. A shot. It was a time running down. I said, "All right, stay on Trey Young." He backed up and let Trey Young shoot the ball multiple times. I don't know. You can tell me. Is that coaching or is that know your personnel? We call it KYP. Yeah. That's what we call it. Or know your personnel. Study your personnel sheet. You do not back up off of Trey Young. I don't care if he's at half court. But the Celtics consistently did that, and that shows something is missing. Something is missing. Is that something missing? Can we get that in a trade? Do you think we're literally a trade away? I mean, the deadline is now less than a month away, March 25th. Do you think a trade would solve this? Um, I don't think it would solve it. I think the accountability with, accountability with the players, it needs to be a held at a high standard. A trade can help because you need a floor general. Like I said, they do not have one. Is Kimbo a floor general? No, he's not. He likes to score. That's how he gets going. But who's helping all those other players? We got a lot of players. These people talking about the bench. We got a lot of players over there that need to get shots. They can't create shots all the time for themselves. Those difficult shots, the other team will take that. And mm -hmm. so that being said, yeah, if you trade for a floor general, maybe it, you, it can get better. But if you don't play hard, you don't know your personnel, KYP, you're going to still have problems. All right, ninth in the uh, East right now. You're playing the Pacers tonight. They are uh, fourth in the East. So, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. this is your next opportunity to, to kind of wake up and, and snap the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. And the Pacers been on kind of like the same ride as us or yeah. a little bit better, but just the same ride. But, the uh, okay, I ain't going to be the bearer of bad news, but, look, I'm a – I'm going to tell you, there's one good thing in sight. You're playing in the Eastern Conference. You win three games or four games straight. You know what? You're in the fourth seed or fifth seed. Yeah. You're in the fifth seed. So that's the bright side of it. But the downside of it is a lot of teams that's right there that can win three or four straight and, and, and can be in that position. And you can find yourself on the outside looking in. Yeah. Hey, I like the positivity because we kind of need that right now. Yeah, yeah we got to bring a little bit to the table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the man. Leon Poe, we really appreciate the time this morning. I know it's been frustrating to watch these oh. Celtics, but we're, we're hoping that they can turn it around, that they can find that, that dog inside them again. Uh, Brad Stevens can get them going. Danny Ainge can maybe make a trade, get some new life back into this team. But again, we thank you for the time today. Oh, yeah. Appreciate y'all time. Thank you. Later, buddy. Yep. Oh, man, Emerson, real quick about these uh, Bruins. What did you think about last night's game? Uh, it was ugly, maybe a little Lake Tahoe hangover. I, they should just roll up in, like, like, the 90s swag at every game if they're going to explode for seven goals, right? But yeah. this time, this time it was the freaking Islanders doing it. And it's like, it'd just be really nice if the Bruins – could go the rest of the year without playing the island. It'd be great. Can we can we arrange that, please? Owen Owen three against them and it's ugly. Three we have in regulation. Yeah. It's gross. It's disgusting. I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I a lot of other people feel that way. Well, they got uh, the Rangers coming up next. They have a little bit of better luck with them as long as Tuka Rask remembers to to stay in net and check the yeah. scoreboard. Oh, dude, and they'll uh, they'll play in front of fans tonight for the first time That's this season. Wild. So that'll be interesting, and that'll help them start to like adjust for when fans are allowed back in games later in uh, in March here in Massachusetts. Yeah, that was epic news on Thursday. Is that 12% capacity for all the venues um, starting March 22nd? 
very much looking forward to that. How, how, how soon do you think you'll get to a game? Do you, I'm going do, to would get you to be a, okay with going to a game? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I would be fine because they're going to have everyone like spread out because the one thing that I, I thought of when all of this news broke, I was like, all right, let's not like let our guard down a, a whole lot here because yeah. there's still a bajillion people who are not vaccinated like at all. So let's not get out there and start high-fiving and, and licking each other. Not at this, not, not at this stage of the game, but here's the thing. Like, you know, if I'm going to go to a game, like on a weekend real quick to hang out, like I don't, my wife's not going to be comfortable doing that. And so I'm, it may have to be like you and me. Yeah, you know? I'm down. I'm have, I'm I, I would love it. to go. I like, the thing is, is like, I do believe that everything is spaced out. And if you're wearing a mask or even two, um, but I do respect the people that don't feel comfortable with that. Like your wife. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. what we've seen kind of with this pandemic. There's some people that take it really seriously and some who don't take it seriously at all. And then there's a lot of people just kind of in the middle and mm. you have, um, I mean, you got to respect whatever people are doing at the end of the day, just take care of yourself. Yeah. That's like Meg. I mean, like, you know, if, if there's a sale at Nordstrom, we're putting on a mask and we're going over there. But if I'm like, hey, you want to go watch the Bruins play the Islanders, you know, which is going to be that first game back for them, she's going to go, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need it. I said, well, they got chicken fingers at TD Garden, babe. And then she may actually consider it. And then she I will. love chicken fingers. Me too, man. It's like one of the things I'm so excited about getting back. They have great chicken fingers there. And then, you know, they got the Fenway Franks over at, at Fenway Park. Oh, my God. I miss those. Whoa. Your mic sounds so weird. You sound like an alien. Oh my God. This is wild. You're like what does an it sound alien like right making now? love to another alien. This me. is incredible. I wish people could see this Zoom clip. <laughs> and you being an engineer. There you go. Help That's what I tell me. people all the time. Unplug it and plug Help it back me. in. You're officially an engineer at Nessa now. No, it was good. You, you just had it. Okay. Yeah, I think we should wrap the show before my perfect all my equipment breaks on me. This is That's this fine. is I gotta go change this my dog. As live as possible, anyway. I'm holding this so that it does not just go out. Do I sound better now? No, no, you sound fine. Don't move. All right. And also, I think I may need you to <laughs> can pick you wrap me up the on show the, on your way to work tonight. Yep, I'm out of here. Uh, I I'm can Emerson. totally do that. That I'm Emerson. That's Sealy. We're we're done. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you, Pete, Dave, and Leon Poe. <laughs> We love you guys. We'll chaos see you at the week. end of the show. Toodaloo, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. See you next time.